Never before has a tourist attraction provoked such a strong reaction from miles around. The people come, our big dish sticks out like a sore thumb. Looking at the stars for 51 years, if it disappears, we don't shed tears. Just because we can't find any green men, we have to look again and again. Four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who are stuck in lockdown. We're not afraid to say it like it is. Or the word bollocks. www.dirtyhoers.com Follow us on Facebook at Dirty Hoers. If you like that kind of thing. We're also on Twitter. Deal with it. Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Ulon Sputter Sputnik. Tardis Kitty, Miss Tabby. Lord President Sen. Hello folks, so Legopolis, fourth Doctor's swan song, first time we properly meet Anthony Ainley as the master, first adventure with Tegan, the mouth on legs, first proper trip out as a companion for Sarah Sutton as Nyssa of Traken, Tom Baker, Matthew Waterhouse, one of the biggest body counts in any episode of Doctor Who, a quarter of fucking everything in existence goes boom, directed by Peter Grimwade of Grimwade Syndrome fame, he directed Earth shock as well so technically he killed adric so you got living for that <laughs> last time interestingly i believe they credited the doctor as doctor who and not the doctor up until christopher eccleston hmm. so everyone got pipes or glasses charged yeah. Tabby, yes. would you please explain our rating system? Absolutely. Our rating system is based on how much we would pay for a 70s fille de joie or gentleman caller. At the bottom, we have the free BJ, then 5 10 20 and finally $50 up there at the top. Sometimes we add tips and things, if appropriate. It's quite simple, really. Fucking hell. That's how you do I it. I love that- <laughs> her beautifully proper British accent describing this disgusting rating system that we have <laughs> it's the most pleasurable thing I love it when a posh bear talks dirty uh, thank you Harry, uh, can I have a rating please oh of the story that's what we're here for. you know I have to, to excuse myself a little bit because I know Sen is going to be like you got to compare it to other episodes of the era blah 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 that's Sputter's uh, rule fuck off it is, it is. Yeah, I know rule. but you you're the to. enforcer <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, really I am but the grime like... of one tongue behind the throne that is sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like John Nathan Turner. It's not because I don't like him. It's just the era. Oh, stop I just... bitching and give us a number. Come on. Oh, it's sucky. Uh, well, uh, I guess I'll give it a... What? It's either a five or a... Say it again, Tabby. Oh, my God. Free <laughs> <laughs> PJ. Five, ten, twenty. Five. It's a fiver. I, I, I don't know. He dies. So, okay, a ten. Jesus, it's a ten. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm giving this a 20. Oh, of course you fucking are, aren't you? Of course <laughs> with, you are. With a fucking break. Uh, Just because there's a TARDIS inside of a TARDIS inside of a TARDIS, you're going to give it a 20? I had about 15 <laughs> chances to talk over stupid shit you just did. And people <laughs> stumble through your rating. So how about if you let me give mine? Yeah, come on, this is 20. Come on, let's hear that. I'm giving this a 20 with a $10 tip. Oh. <laughs> My rating is basically that I look through the window when I hear her car door slam. And when she knocks on the door, I don't answer. Oh, okay. That's it. Wow. $10 from me, small tip, maybe a single rose bought from a garage forecourt, you know, quit at the most. <laughs> Boy. Okay, Sam, why don't you go first? <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to be spending some time justifying my existence in this podcast. <laughs> Um, there were a lot of things I really liked about this. This was one of the first story arcs that spanned across multiple stories. I mean, we got like 12 episode monsters like the Daleks Master Plan, but this was a season story arc, very similar to the key to time in that they were interconnected separate stories, but very closely linked. I mean, this didn't make any sense unless you knew what was going on with Nyssa and her father and mm. the master and all of that stuff. So very interconnected. To that end, it felt ahead of its time. I mean, that kind of story arc, but episodic storytelling is pretty common in network television in the U.S. now. And for me, it was also very science fiction. There was a lot of ragged edge scientific theories that weren't disprovable, but also not certainly mainstream science that they pushed as part of the story. This is Bidmead, and as far as I'm concerned, Bidmead just sucks the fucking oxygen out of every episode episode he's got anything to do with <laughs> I, I, I can't help it I, th I think i should love the science stuff i think i should adore it but i did uh. <laughs> <laughs> i did um there were so many fantastic concepts the idea of multi-dimensional measuring and then mm -hmm. mathematics being literally capable of creating matter which had been revisited in the new series the uh, shakespeare episode that concept that what we think and what we say can literally influence the universe i loved all of that i I think the idea of the Watcher, a shadow of a future regeneration, is a fantastic introduction to Time Lord lore that was never really touched on again, which is a shame. Should be in every regeneration. Just so much cool stuff. And I think Anthony Ainley's master was nah most of the time, except here. I loved oh, him. Oh, no. Oh, oh, son. <laughs> <laughs> but... Okay, so the Lagopolitans are some great secret. Clearly, they're either a spin-off of the Time Lords themselves, or they're working very closely with the High Council. Yeah, it's got that sort of Sisterhood of the Flame feel to it, hasn't it? That kind yes, of, yeah. very, very much so. And it doesn't bother me to say this, because we're towards the beginning of the John Nathan Turner era here, and we know that he wanted to foster a long-term plan. I don't think that plan was in place yet at this point, but I think 
think obviously he was gunning for something bigger. I think we're looking at the Lagopolitans being like the medical officers of the Time War. They were trying to hold the universe together as non-combatants. I think at this point, the Time War or whatever big thing JNT had in mind, I don't think the Time War had quite manifested itself yet, but clearly he had something bigger in mind. I think no one knew about it except a choice few, including the Doctor and the Master. So for the Master to go after Legopolis as another one of his grand plans makes perfect sense. He didn't know that everything was going to fucking fall apart when he tipped over a vase on Legopolis. I mean, he was scared shitless. And it was in perfect keeping with his character. And we have seen Delgado let things get out of hand and team up with the doctor to fix it. Mm. It was one of the few times post Delgado that I thought the master was perfectly in character. Interesting. That's him. And now, of course, he just gurns around the camera and things go even more shit. But that's the master. And he was clearly not in the know. The doctor seemed a bit more in the know. Like he knew there was something else going on on Legopolis, but wasn't quite sure what. It all felt like brilliant setup for something bigger. Yeah, I like the way you're talking about the bigger issues because it's actually the smaller science stuff I've got a problem with. But I'll come to that. I'll come to that. Okay. are you good there, Mike? For now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> since since I'm the Lone Ranger on this one, I reserve the right to interject from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Always given. I'm glad that Sen went first because I couldn't remember shit from this story. <laughs> I saw it like two weeks ago and then last week I had to cancel the podcast. So by now it's completely gone. Hello, people. I'm past middle age and, it, you know, it, it's fucked. Yeah. Frankly, you're lucky if we remember trousers in the morning. I'm on one of my last regenerations here. All I can say is I know there was math involved. <laughs> Oh my god. I you know there like since there's a lot of stuff in there that you think, gee, this could be really good. There's concepts in it that are interesting but not fleshed out properly or I don't know, it's just the way it's presented was not satisfying enough. So I just kinda like whatever, you know, I can't even get a grasp on what they're trying to do because it's uh, nebulous, let's say. And going back to the issue of the master, here's my problem. After Delgado, everybody sucks. Delgado had this nice combination of an intelligent gentleman who's got evil thoughts on his mind and, you know, he wants to control everything. Got a couple uh, of fillies tied up in the cellar. Yeah. 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 He's going to take over the world, but never foresees complications. And the doctor helps him get out of the complications. I felt that it was the same sort of plot line is that story i don't know if it was the autons or where delgado gets into no, trouble was, yeah. yeah okay and in that sense yeah he's still reminiscent of delgado but then he's got this a little bit of the psychopathic kookiness going on mm-hmm. it's a little too kooky a little too over the top and from here on the masters just become more and more psychotic and I understand in the modern series, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, he's going crazy because he's stolen people's bodies and all this bullshit. But in the end, it just makes the character not that enjoyable. OK, he's making eyes at the camera and acting crazy. Watch out. So this is like the beginning of that for me, I feel, with Ainley. I like Tegan. Uh, Tegan's all right, you know, in general. Although she is a whiny bitch. <laughs> 
I mean, she is, okay? <laughs> yeah, she there's is. No, she there's is. no getting around it. it. It could be the direction, the way they told her to play it, because I don't want to blame the actress, but there's not enough to counterbalance all the complaining and the this and the that. I, I heard that when they were casting for Tegan, uh, he basically said, I need an Aussie mouth on legs. And the casting director went, right, you got me, Janet Fielding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she says things that are, if she just said them differently. The story of Legopolis, the city, the whole idea that they're supporting the possibility of the universe they're counterbalancing the what's it called when you're losing energy entropy is interesting but then when they start babbling bullshit it's just too much bullshit I see the listeners don't know me that well yet so I should preface my review with some information Uh, well I'm not unintelligent but I am made of glitter and cat hair and Shakespeare Um, (laughs) and the rich and thick vein of statistical mechanics of entropy and a universe predicated on mathematics is just anathema to me and my way of thinking so what I'm getting at here and I'm slightly trying to convince you I'm not thick is I just straight up didn't understand this story I can appreciate various aspects of it and I'll come to those but I spent an awful lot of those four episodes wondering what on earth was meant to be happening I didn't really get what the Pharos project had to do with anything I didn't understand what the master did to make Logopolis disintegrate I certainly hadn't got a clue as to why he was doing whatever he was doing in the first place the pace was strange the first couple of episodes were really slow with Tegan mincing around in a labour I didn't get the whole Russian doll TARDIS situation. And then in episodes three and four, they sort of threw concepts and ideas and events at me about 100 miles an hour. I grasped that something bad had happened and that the planet of Logopolis was falling apart, which would in turn apparently trash the rest of the universe somehow. When the master had this little speech and he said, I propose we reconfigure our two TARDISes into time cone inverters and we create a stable safe zone by applying temporal inversion isometry to as much of space-time as we can isolate. Now, poor cat like me, who almost failed GCSE science, what am I supposed to do with that? You know, present me with a swathe of Shakespeare. I'm on it like a wasp on a jam jar. But this, I just, I genuinely couldn't... Make sense of it. (laughs) That's because it was pure bullshit. I mean, it was like, (laughs) that's how I felt. I'm with you. I'm with you. Time monster. monster. (laughs) I did enjoy... Uh, the doctor um, you know his stares into the middle distance and the cloister bell and the watcher oh. they were all yeah. enjoyable foreshadowings of his impending demise and I could appreciate those I really liked Anthony Lee as the master there's something extremely attractive about that man and I am aware that in the two <laughs> podcasts we've done so far I have said Just oh I've everybody. got a bit of a thing yeah <laughs> got a bit of a thing for these people so you know maybe you should add that to the drinking game like I Overall, I just slipped through this episode like I was on a particularly vicious water slide and it all just passed me by. So I'm sorry, Sen, that I've slated it, but it's probably more (laughs) about me than it is about the episode. (laughs) I have always been about the science of Doctor Who. That is my thing. And Legopolis has the single largest dose of Doctor Who universe science of multiple other seasons combined. So I was always going to have a hard time with it then wasn't I I mean it is pleasurable somehow it's pleasurable to see the TARDIS inside of the TARDIS inside of the TARDIS 
Oh, it's fucking brilliant. Oh, my God. I know what's going on. <laughs> when they start talking about it, the technical jargon in this story is thrown out so quickly. There's no time for anyone to absorb, even if it did make sense. It's very difficult to grasp what, what? it does. Like, they're moving so fast. They've already passed it while you're trying to understand what they just said. Quite. Because they're already throwing something else at you. Mm. And that's one of the problems I had with the story. I think that was deliberate. Adric, for as annoying as he is, is a genius. And he was presented as such. And he is lost. You'd think he'd close his mouth more, wouldn't you? You'd think he'd walk around with his mouth open less. Yeah, yeah. you would think. (laughs) Nyssa is brilliant, and she struggled to understand it. And the normal, everyday human access to what's going on, which is supposed to be Tegan, is just being introduced. You were supposed to be left behind, and that's why you're supposed to like Tegan later, even though she whines a lot, because she's going to help you understand. Oh, okay. So for me, a lot of this is about the actual time when it happened. Because 10 seconds in, Tom is like fucking thespian gold. He's like parting around the cloisters and shit like that. Uh-huh. And then Adric opens his fucking gob. <laughs> and now, fair play. Okay, Warthouse was like 19 when they recorded this. So was Sarah Sutton. So they're like fucking insects next to Big Tom, you know. I mean, Big Tom, he's been banging his last assistant. He's full of fucking bitterness. He's like (laughs) rimming with the majestic glow of a fucker who's just spent seven years being adored by a whole fucking nation. Yeah. (laughs) He's had a liquid lunch with his journo buddies and he's like seething with Shakespearean piss and vinegar. No wonder they love fucking shit next to him. He must have been fucking terrified half the time. For me, this is when Adric is the most likable is when he's with Tom Baker. It's probably because he's scared. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fifth doctor stories i don't know they treat him like shit or the storyline the way they write him I don't it's know. like companion overload though isn't it three companions yes. artists is always tricky yeah. you always get one that doesn't pay off as well as the others and mm. it's hard yeah. and they did that really because they didn't think peter davison could take over from tom baker and i think he would have been better without a companion i'll not say which one but you could lose at least two of them let's face it yeah for me there was no last real big speech for tom you know it's like fuck that is a few meaningless words which to be fair are all right actually they've grown on me over the years even if they did make fuck all sense at the time a few meaningless words and then it's like in with tristram farnham here's your p45 thomas don't plan on doing any work for the next 30 years because you're well too fucking famous to be casting fuck all and you're going to be shitting sherlock holmes um (laughs) cloister rooms though loved and still do love the idea of the cloisters it was always such a massive deal to see another part of the tardis when i was a kid like in invasion of time you know even romana's room which was a nice touch though that didn't last long love me some cloister bell i have the cloister bell on my phone when i get a a reminder a calendar reminder it bongs at me and i shit myself every fucking time (laughs) (sighs) and as i said before here's where we got christopher h uh who was writer and script supervisor and he did things like state of decay and keeper of tracking and warrior's gate and a load of other shit and i must say even though i always feel like i should like his real science angle i never really did also as you said when we reviewed silorians then one of the big problems with science-based script is that science by the very nature of it consistently testing and trying to prove itself wrong or science concepts sorry should i say go through like fads and changes Mm -hmm. and what's right one decade is totally superseded by something better proven science in like 10 years time can fuck right off with this bubble memory we need to take this to jodrell bank what the fuck you know we live in a different world now yeah. The overall science concepts, don't get me wrong, are fucking great. I love the loose principle of Legopol- Legopolian, Legopolian, how did you pronounce them? Logopolitan. 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 I love the idea of logopolitan mathematics. Oh like my God. 
holding the fucking I'm fabric sorry. of reality together brilliant as they do battling as Terry said for order over entropy kind of shit fucking genius stuff I ate that right up as a kid and I got it as a kid as well I ate that right up yeah. I thought John Fraser was bloody good as the monitor I thought he was a really strong character he had some sort of wise but friendly sincerity thing going on yeah. which, yeah. which he, yeah. he was a really really nice addition uh, and I think the costume deserves a nod the Legopolans Legopol- whatever you call them you know there wasn't a lot to do but what they did they did really well because it was like 20 odd Legopolans all with the headpieces and shit like that easily if not more overall I think the models and costumes were like pretty sweet except for the master but I'll get to that <laughs> always love Tegan she's about the most interesting supporting character for a very long time and Janet Fielding is one of those people that I'd love to interview all the best assistants are really strong characters I had a cat mm-hmm. called Tegan um, oh. yeah she's great poor kid though her auntie fucking dies and nobody gives a shit no one cares nobody really gives a shit about Mrs. Dad either yeah why is Mrs. even there how the fuck does that policeman when he looks into the car and sees these two little figures I mean he must just think they're two little Barbie dolls why would he think that they were actual human beings I was really caught off guard there like none of that scene makes sense they have a real police box next to a litter bin that says take your litter home Coming back to the master, because I've got to mention him. I do think they paint the new master, and he is the new master. You know, this is the big reveal for the new master as a fucking idiot. Now, probably to some degree, that's so that he doesn't like solve all the science in Big Tom's last episode. But he turns up, new face, not quite as classically evil, in a sort of black and silver clown suit, like some fucking monochrome Yorick. And then he just clusterfucks his way into the destruction of half the universe, quarter of the universe. Sorry. And now I'm sorry, as a kid, that just wasn't my master. You want me to believe this guy's the master? I remember him being a big letdown as a kid. And that wasn't Ainley's fault. You know, sometimes yeah. the master gets good scripts. And don't get me wrong, Ainley totally grew on me. The man's a genius, lovely bloke. But most of the master's best work was in the 70s. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, they have to make him at least have a certain intelligence to be a counterpart to the doctor. An equal, if nothing. Yeah. I get disappointed when they just present him as a psychopathic loony bin. It just like okay we all know i don't really like the doctor he's probably my least favorite part of doctor who (laughs) 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 because he's not smart enough to play the time lord's game he plays the small screen he saves individual planets he saves people which endears him to us because we're stupid too we're just lowly humans he's not smart enough to play the big game and what i loved about this is that the doctor has been demonstrating in this season that he's getting wiser to the big picture yes that's true but the master is playing the same game he always was he wanted to take over legopolis but legopolis wasn't just a planet the master wasn't an idiot This is the first time we've seen him try to play the big game. He's never been smart enough because he's always been the doctor's equal. All right, interesting looking at it. Yeah, interesting. Eight-year-old me or however old I was, 10-year-old me, something like that. Didn't buy it. I needed my master and I needed my doctor and and Tristram Fawn and and Timothy (laughs) Claypool weren't going to cut it, mate. Can I just give a big shout out for one thing as well, which was it was absolutely lovely to see the Lovell. It always is. For those who live across the pond, the Lovell radio telescope is this big bloody mushroom that dominates the landscape at Jodrell Bank. It's been there over 50 years to my knowledge. It's like a internationally renowned landmark in the world of astronomy. I grew up in Lancashire, fairly close to Cheshire, and going for a day at the Lovell or the Doctor Who exhibition in Blackpool was one of my favourite things to do as a kid. My dad was like an engineer and a big astronomy nerd into cameras and lenses and shit, his own telescope and that. So he was always up for it. We actually used to go to the radio telescope to the Lovell in the winter and we'd just sit in the car with sandwiches just waiting for them to tip the snow out of the dish just so we could see it. I'm a massive fan of the Lovell. 
Uh, it's as English as like fucking double decker buses and fish and chips. And it also took me a while to get what the fucking watcher was. Basically, I had to watch the documentaries to find out what the watcher was. He's supposed to be supposed to be the doctor from the future. But the future isn't determined yet. So that's why he's nebulous. I bet that's another fucking bid me thing, isn't it? Yeah. It, um, it's every possible future doctor combined into one entity. Well, he does look like some sort of sad lonely cricketing figure though some third man <laughs> waiting on the outfield for his big moment it made more sense to me this time watching it if anything that one thing that i understood this time when i watched the story was the watcher you could always using your imagination <laughs> that the regeneration was a very long one not only for the actor but in the storyline let's just say uh-huh. and that yeah. maybe perhaps when time lords get to have a long proper regeneration that then there's a preparation for the death that occurs but normally the doctor dies so quickly that'd make a great avatar in second life the watcher yeah that's what i was thinking too because there was a lot of new stuff i'm not sure they had time to explain some of the half-assed concepts some of the overall stuff is really nice but honestly for me it's a totally anticlimactic finale for big tom Mm. as a point though i've got to say the dvd extras are fucking brill one of the best i've come across uh, and they do explain a lot of what was going on around this time what the fuck is the point of nissa oh i know she takes up fucking oxygen in the tardis and she knows it all you know so it's kind of boring i know and it doesn't work because she's so young fucking it's like two gobby mouthy know-it-alls in the tardis and the doctor and tegan i think davison and tegan would have worked just fine i agree yeah yeah they would have been better i preferred waterhouse when he was with tom but i do think he's a bit waste perfectly valuable cells um yeah because he went from a likable intelligent kid to just an intrusion he does have one of my favorite shticks though which if there's a fucking buffet he is on it yes food going fucking (laughs) is there like white on fucking rice <laughs> that's true that's true it's like tom baker listening to a glass of water you're like what the fuck's going on in the background that oh no it's fucking of course Adric. he loves a good pumpkin squash from the side of the river doesn't he <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> anyway, I'm done. Ten dollar, mister. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> right, so on that note, shall we roll the wheel of hill? In 30 years of soldiering, I've never encountered such destructive power as I have seen displayed here and now by the British schoolboy. Mordrin Undead. Oh, okay. Ah. The Brigadier, yeah. I, I do not remember that one. What happens in that one? Terry, you didn't remember the one you just watched for this review. <laughs> Come on, give me a hint. Give me a hint. It's got the, the Brigadier. brigadier. Travelling backwards and forwards in time, and there's public school and shit like that. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> rings a bell. That rings I think a bell. it's one of the few episodes I've only seen once. Oh, this mm-hmm. should be interesting, then. should be. And I was thinking... Oh, yeah. Someone needs to design a drink called the Lagopolitan. Okay, folks, so before we go, have you got any quotes? Tegan says, you can take me right back where you found me, Doctor, whoever you are. My aunt's waiting in the car to take me to the airport. Your aunt, woman in the white hat, red sports car. You've seen her. Well, a little of her. I like that bit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with one right from the very beginning. And this one's, this one's for anybody out there on lockdown right now. Look, whenever you see me in this part of the TARDIS, pacing up and down like this, be a good chap and don't interrupt me, will you? Unless it's terribly urgent. It's not terribly urgent, is it? Uh, Tegan, she walks in the TARDIS. 
well, there must be intelligent life at the end of this lot. Yeah, <laughs> I like, I I like her one. reaction, and she's not scared of it. She's she just starts flipping buttons. I'm going, oh my god, she's gonna destroy half the universe. Holy shit, what is she doing? <laughs> Uh, Terry, have you got one? If I would have had one, it would have been that one because I was thinking about that one, but I couldn't remember where the fuck it was, how to find that quote. But, so that's my oh, quote. So on brand. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have been the Dirty Hose Doctor Who podcast. Hope you are too. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or DirtyHooers.com. Facebook and Twitter at Dirty Hooers. See you next time. Sorry, and again with the cock. Cock. Once more. Cock. Uh, One last time. Cock. Yeah, the first one was perfect. I just wanted to hear you say it. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. (laughs) Uh, Phrasing.